welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Source Wheel Podcast, where we explore spirituality and the many ways humans express it and experience it. I'm your host, Charles Royston. In this episode, Noel and I continue our journey through the chakras, meditating with crystals, and we are at the solar plexus. So, in this episode, we discuss our three days of meditating with the solar plexus um, on the mind, or our minds on our solar plexus. Hope you enjoy. All right, Noel, welcome again to the podcast. Hello. hello. And... Uh, listeners, dear, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this. Um, already we've seen people listening to the first two episodes, um, and that's encouraging. And so we get excited, and I noticed the excitement ramping up for me, um, knowing that we actually have an audience, that, that we're resonating with people. So we just want to say thank you for that. And Noelle and I are on day three, no, day nine <laughs> But three chakras complete. We've just finished three days of the solar plexus chakra. And again, we have been going through the chakras three days at a time and choosing stones on our own, having insights on our own, and then coming back to talk about them three days uh, later. So this is episode three of the series. If you're just joining us, you might actually want to go back and listen to the root or the sacral, although really, as we've distinguished, they're all interconnected, so you can listen where you'd like. Um, we've been taking turns on who's going first, and this time it's Noel's turn to go first for day one. For day one of the sacral, I mean, the solar plexus, sorry. I'm stuck um, in the sacral too, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that on day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was a uh, bit of a doozy that one. Yeah. Um, so, on the first day, for the solar plexus, I went with bumblebee jasper. Um, I don't, I don't think it, I've ever really sat with it longer than two minutes, uh, or even just held it enough. Uh, it's one that I've, I, I once I saw the. Once I saw it online, I, I thought, wow, that looks really cool. I want to I want to work with it eventually. And on this day, it came it kind of came to my to my mind, and so I I picked it up right before leaving for work. And so this this kind of meditation, I felt it was a, sort of an active meditation because I had it with me all day, all morning, you know, with. Mm-hmm. Uh, being at work and I feel like I was having the meditation as I was working and one thing I noticed right off the bat was how the moment I put it in my pocket I and walked out the door I felt as if I had less on me like I was carrying less on me or I felt lighter somehow mm. and it was such a weird contradiction of you know I just had something extra on me which was the stone along with you know my phone my keys etc um, but I felt like I actually took off things like I had less on me Um, whether it was internally or the way that I processed it felt very physical Um, 
so the whole day I just felt like I was sort of a, I don't know lighter. That was my first. That was my experience for the first day. I can see Bumblebee nice. Jasper. I can see Bumblebee Jasper sales are going to go up after people listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to feel oh, lighter no. too. <laughs> oh no! It's gonna it's gonna make that that Moldavite craze. Yeah. No. <laughs> that was my experience with it. Uh, I don't know uh, how other people feel with it. I haven't talked to other people about it. Uh, just because it's been kind of a, a weird one for me. I'm ready to go ahead and share what I chose if you're done with day one. Yeah, I'm done. So I chose a, a book of golden lepidolite. So it's a mica, very similar to purple lepidolite mica, but it's bright yellow. And it uh, is very fragile. I remember distinctly one moment. So for this meditation for the for the first two chakras i was sitting upright and for this one i decided to lay down so that i could actually put the stone put the gem on my diaphragm and i remember putting my hands over the gem and both hands clasped and every time i would take a really really deep breath i could feel my hands pressing on the stone and making a little cracking noise uh, because the the flakes of mica were actually bending. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to break it. Um, but what that did for me as I dropped into meditation was that I started to thinking, I started thinking about accidents and I started to think about control versus no control. And I've had uh, trauma in my life from a car accident and so I notice a drastic change in my personality after that. And I became, I became someone who kind of had a devil may care, no fucks to give kind of attitude because I realized truly in life we have no control. And I became rebellious. I became almost nihilistic about life um, for a strong period of time. Whereas before that, I cared very deeply about everything, which is true for my nature to care very deeply. And yet I had this dissonance, this kind of crack in my persona back when I was 17. And I've struggled ever since. And so I started to feel a lot of this struggle. And I felt that a lot of it was running over from the sacral chakra, from getting very confronted um, deep in that in that. Um, meditation those meditations and so I kind of felt this battle between being controlled or having control or having no control that's kind of oh all over the place I love to feel like I'm in control but I also don't love to seem like I don't part of my image is that I'm an easygoing person so I don't want to be seen as controlling and yet that's part of my controlling nature is to manage not being seen as controlling, but, but I'm controlling, I'm controlling everything I can possibly control because con powerlessness is frightening. Feeling out of control is frightening. Just yesterday I lost my car keys and it didn't take long before I started to feel literally insane. Lost my mind, not just my keys. 
because of the sense of, I don't know what happened. And it plagues me so much. So I didn't like the feeling. I was upset in this meditation because I'd wanted the solar plexus to be different than the sacral. And yet I found so much tension in the beginning, um, in the beginning meditation. And this was quite a long meditation for me. And then I thought, okay, well, if I have control over anything, I have control over my reactivity and I can shift it into responsivity. So I said, okay, well, I really want to be in the sunshine for solar plexus. I want to be naked laying in the sun and that's what I want to do. And so I did that, but I did it in my imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was laying here in my comfy bed and I just imagined that I was laying basking in the sun naked as a jaybird, um, just soaking up the sunshine. And I felt like a battery cell. I felt like a, um, a solar panel soaking up the sun, soaking up the sun. And then, and then I got to a point like a battery cell where I felt full and I'm, I'm completely shifting my meditation from a reactive, you know, struggle to a proactive imagination, right? Using the power of uh, my imagination to shift. And I felt in control again and I felt so full of sunshine and then I, all, all I could focus on next was, okay, now where am I going to go shine? I'm a beacon of the sun. And, and I mean that in both meanings of the term. And I am going to go shine my light wherever I can shine my light. And that, oh man, when I got out of that meditation, I was so on fire and ready to shine, ready to be me. And it was such a drastic shift from when I started the meditation to feeling dense and struck strained to feeling bright and free it was so cool wow so yeah i got yeah, excited I, I can, yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah i love meditation <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that how your energy can shift so so easily and but also you know it's such a strong pivot sometimes it's yeah, piv- pivot's a great word because it was a moment where I realized that I'm sitting here as a reaction to my mental state. I could create something and have it go a different way, and I did that. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, tell us about day two for you. What did you choose? Day two, I continued with the Bumblebee Jasper. Um, I felt like I needed to really sit with it. Um, in silence and not have it with me uh, so passively as in the first day. Okay. So I decided to sit down and and I realized I, I have gone back to the first thing that I did on the first day of the root chakra was rubbing my hands, the palms of my hands and and then, you know, using that, that heat, the energy and just placing all over my, my body to kind of clean clean or cleanse my myself uh and what i did was i put the stone on my on my stomach um i think i just let let it lay on my belly button and and i just sat down with it and started sinking into the into my solar plexus 
and I visualized the stone becoming almost like a bee and my stomach being uh, like a large uh, beehive mm. and and felt like this golden glow and and then the image the image of, of honey and and the taste of honey um, and for a moment I felt like almost like Winnie the Pooh with a tummy full of honey <laughs> <laughs> Um, so after 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 that, I I started really thinking about the chakras' energy of willpower and the the acting force be behind it, and you know of manifestation and movement and becoming, and how the energy from the root and the sacral uh, move from an idea and culmination into action. And I saw myself in the process of having a having a centeredness and then having an idea or, 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 or a movement um, that sparks from the sacral and then culminating into me deciding to do something, ha- making an action that, that manifests outwardly. Um, so it's, it brought that, that, that magic into my attention of how, how the material uh, manifests from the immaterial, mm. from just ideas, from from impulses, from feelings, and it becomes it becomes something, or it becomes something else because it's always been something. And it just changes its form. So, yeah, that's what was in my, on my mind, and I felt very empowered. I felt very like, let's do this. I don't know what this is, but we're gonna do it. You know? Yeah. So I, I felt very like very i don't know pumped up i guess that sounds so similar to my day one and my day two it's so interesting i'm feeling resonance in ours yeah for my day two so that was my day two basically for my day two i chose um a topaz crystal an exquisite golden topaz crystal that my wife gave me early on in our dating life before we were married, I think before we were married, but it's still, I love it. So it's in my bedside um, glass case, but it was calling to me, as we say, I was thinking of it and wanting to use it for this solar plexus. And so on day two, I chose it. And because I love to look at it, I love to gaze at it. It's soft, amber, golden color. I set it on my solar plexus and kept my eyes open and just stared at it, almost like a candle flame gazing meditation. And I just watched the rise and fall of this gem on my diaphragm just as my breath was sinking in. And it was an interesting visual way to, as we say in meditation, drop into your breath. Bring your attention to your breathing, the rise and fall, the in and out. And... And I started to be at ease. And I thought, wow, this is, an, this is a different meditation. This is relaxing. I wonder if I'm going to see anything, feel anything. I'm wondering about, like you said, I'm wondering about the distinction of willpower. I'm wondering about personal power and our choice. Um, 
And then I started to think about my own power. Like, what is my power if I had a superpower? And I decided that I'm a seer. And I don't mean it in the strict fantasy. I mean it more in the sense that I'm someone who sees. My gifts are in the way I see and the way I see things and people and opportunities and possibilities. Um, Also, I think my gifts are in the way I act on what I see. And I had, I started to have this visualization of meeting a man. This is a man that I know, but this meeting never happened. It was a fantasy. And I asked him, I was getting really in my power and I asked him a question and I said, you know, you're so upbeat all the time. What's it like beyond your persona? This is the question I asked him and he started to answer me. And before he even said two words, I could tell that he was coming from persona. And I said, "Ah, nope. And then he stopped, looked at me and then started to answer again from persona. And I'm like, nope, not yet. And then I did this, and obviously it was a visualization, so it lasted longer than it would in reality, but I think it lasted five minutes in this visualization where I was just blocking persona in, in, in advocacy for championing the self, the real self, the authentic self to come through. And there was a moment that I saw it in his eyes. He dropped into his real feelings. And then I said, yes from there let's talk i want to really know you and it was this all this was was just kind of a fantasy visualization of like who i am in the world and what my power is and it felt very validating to just see like yeah what if that is who i am and there are moments where that is who i am that i'm somebody who can see past the surface see past the physical into the metaphysical experience of life and of people so oh it was just very very cool this one was the kind of this this was the meditation i'd been waiting for <laughs> you know when i was in the sacral <laughs> chakra and i was desperate for a breakthrough desperate to to feel powerful this is what i wanted and this it's interesting how i get this only uh in spurts um and i see now i could work on my sacral and I'm planning on working on my sacral so that the spurts maybe are more sustainable, more prolonged. Mm-hmm. That was my day too. Very cool. Well, yeah. Um, I, I certainly see how, I mean, I resonate with what you say about going back and revisiting certain energy centers and really diving deeper, you know, because I feel even though we're doing this for three days each, I I think I could have spent like a whole week on just sacral, mm-hmm. um, looking at you know and really getting to the bottom of it. So uh, yeah, this is it's so much more interesting than I than I was even expecting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's powerful. Yes. Oh. How was your day three? <sighs> So my day three uh, was, it was, I would say, a, like the next chapter of what I was visualizing and sort of uh, digesting 
on day two about willpower and relation to willpower. Um, so I wrote a couple things. And also I was reminded uh, by you, I think on day one, uh, with this post that you sent me um, that I wrote like four years ago that I felt was a message that I needed to hear now. Mm. So it was like a message from myself in the past that is more relevant to me now even than, than when it was when I wrote it. Mm. Are you willing to um, share it? I like, yeah, I can share I'd it. I like that. Uh, because it's such an odd feeling. And I've seen this happen. I've felt this happen with other things. Like when I write a, a certain note that I'm, I don't know, it just comes to me and, and I and have to write it down as a reminder in a way. And, and I'll store it away and I'll forget about it for months or years and then I'll stumble back upon it and I'll read it and and it just happens to be that I'm reading it on that day where I need to hear that the most mm. and I feel like I'm not I don't even recognize who this who that person is and it's it was just me in a different state and yeah I like to share that um so another thing that I wanted to share was uh the relation to willpower and manifestation as someone who practices magic um, and how, how kind of how it comes about. So what I wrote down after meditation was uh, when one acts upon their will to manifest something, it does not mean your will is above another. Your will is unique and an avatar of your consciousness, but cannot be fulfilled alone in a vacuum. We are in relation to others and they to us in the process of manifestation. When things happen to you or with you, they are pollinated by everything it traveled through to get to you, which means people. The solar plexus energy is engaging even when one thinks they act alone, simply because one can't see the trail of the manifestation that it took to get to you. That just gave me mad, mad goosebumps. And I felt like my entire body was a buzzing hive. Just like your imagery. (laughs) Wow. I can't remember. Did you say what stone you were working with on the third day? Um, No, I'm I'm getting into that. I'm so so excited. Because of. (laughs) So this is this is what I wrote um, today uh, after this meditation. But I still want to share the the segment that I wrote like four years ago. Mm hmm. Um, so with the, what I'm using um, today, what I'm, I'm working with is uh, the honey calcite, which I thought was uh, a connection between the, the stone I was using the day before and also the same stone that I featured in on that post uh, back in 2017. Wow. So I kind of went back. It, it just engaged so well. And if you hadn't brought that to my attention, I don't I don't know. I feel like it would have happened either way. So I, I can enjoy that synchronicity. Mm-hmm. But So what I, the excerpt uh, from, it was from June 23rd, 2017. And this is what I wrote. I feel the sun's light and the warmth it gives. And for the first time in a long time, I truly feel it. As I'm sitting underneath this tree, I can feel the sun for more than I have taken it to be most of my days, more than just a light that makes nature visible for a few hours. I feel quite quite strange, and much like the last kid in class to get the answer, the light bulb turns on. I look up and feel the sun looking at me, 
with its face or its singular eye, its 360-degree encompassing sight. I see that all of nature is an attention of the sun and what it gives. It penetrates everything. When I look around, I not only see nature being attentive, but there is a form of reverence too. The trees sway forever, nudging upwards. The grass shivers in the wind, forming small waves of no detectable meaning to us. The birds sing on its arrival at dawn, and the flowers perk up to receive it in a more elegant posture. For once, I can see all of this in this moment as I share this, and perhaps it will fade away as all things do. But for now, I am with the rest of the class, or nature, and I understand. I can see why our ancestors revered the sun, and I can just grasp how it was very personal to them. I say this because right now the sun feels like a presence above me, an active presence, not just like most of our mechanical trinkets, but something alive and kicking, and we are in its line of sight. Now the tales of the old gods make sense, and my brain shuffles things around as it prepares to shift my perception, pulling deep to my own solar sanctum where the movement of the grass is made sense of and its language is discernible at last. And that was Wow, it. I went with you. Solar sanctum. Oh, I love that. Synchronicity is so interesting because, Noel, I was looking for an old picture of you so that I could Photoshop something. And, <laughs> and I scrolling deep into your Instagram feed and I saw that picture and it zinged me the picture of the honey calcite or is it honey fluorite? It's a calcite. calcite. Yeah. Honey calcite. And I just zinged it and I clicked on it, read that. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I need to send this to him right now. We're starting on the solar plexus. This is so perfect. And all of that was, you know, the web of weird. Right, the strings, the strings being pulled. Yeah, the strings uh, of like manifesting. Yes, oh, it was perfect. I I completely forgot about that, and I forgot, and I had forgotten about that that stone in itself, and so it was such a great way to revisit that energy and 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 revisit myself, you know, and and just going back and seeing how I was feeling that day, and I remember it was. I was out in the sun and I felt just amazing. I felt, I felt seen, you know? Yeah. Like you're not really alone when you're out in nature. You're, you're seen and by everything. Yeah. And which prompted me to take a much needed walk in, in the morning for today and, and kind of pay homage to that, to that feeling. Before I share my day three, I just wanted to say that I love that you got a chance to read something you wrote because I love your author voice. I like your, I like your, I like your conversational voice too. And I enjoy our conversations, but something about the way you write, you write as a poet and you write with so much, uh, soul S O L and, uh, And I just, I, I love that this just spontaneously gave us a chance to hear your words the way you write them. Um, I really go with you when you, when you write. I like your dream uh, interpretations, your dream recollections. I like your musings when you're in a mood. It's very cool. So I feel honored to Thank include you. this in the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you wouldn't know because you write in a very intimate and private way. So... I want to make yeah, sure I don't often shoot a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, and once again, there's some synchronicity. So on my day three, um, I chose a very large natural Congo citrine. Um, and I, when I say large, this is a, I don't know, easily a 60 gram honker, big, bigger than my fist can get all the way around. And because I wanted to lay in the sun on day one, I actually did it. I got out my puffy yoga mat and I went outside and I laid down in the sun, even though it was still chilly in the morning, but I made sure the sun could light up my whole body. And I had that thing that I wanted, which is the glow of sunshine through my eyelids, that warm glow. So my eyes, although closed, still felt so open because I was actually looking at and being with the warming sun on my eyelids. It was a very cool start to my meditation. And again, I was present to the distinctions of responsivity versus reactivity. And then I started to have this visualization about power and how we give and lose. We lose our power. I think most people don't realize how powerful they are because they give away their power. And I know that I've done this too. I don't want to just, you know, wax guru right now. <laughs> I want to share my experience, but I kind of do want to wax a little bit of guru and share some wisdom <laughs> in this metaphor that I came up with um, in this visualization. And it's this, it's, I imagined each of us owning a plot of land or whatever owning doesn't matter, but having a house and having boundaries about the house. Like this is the house that you built and that means something. And you want to keep that house for yourself and for your offspring and for your partner and for animals and for whatever. This is the house that you're using to protect yourself from the environment. And so at some point, in order to have the power to protect yourself and your interests, you have to have boundaries. And whether that boundary is a fence or a fence with signs on it or not, it's a metaphor for when do we put up our boundaries? When do we tell people that they've crossed our fences? Do we wait until they've already jumped the fence? Do we not even put up a fence and tell them, oh, by the way, that, that imaginary line you just walked across was my boundary? It's like there's this, there's this profound just metaphor, I think, um, right. for boundaries that, that I think, here's where it came from. Maybe I'll just get back into real instead of abstract. I thought about posting something and then I didn't post it because I thought the kind of feedback that I'd get was unwelcome. But then I thought about the environment into which we're sharing things that unwelcome feedback is almost normalized. In other words, people control whatever you post and they can, they can be mean and they can give advice and they can do all these things that don't help the sharer and in fact inhibit the sharer. And I thought sharing is good. So why do we, and why do we normalize a culture that allows people to basically pick apart critique and invalidate people so often and so freely? So I thought that I would invent this thing I haven't figured out what I'm going to call it, but so far I'm going to call it SNAFA, which is short for <laughs> sharing, not asking for advice. <laughs> and it's about, <laughs> it's about putting out my boundaries first saying, Hey, I want to share something, but I'm not asking for mm -hmm. advice. So don't do it. 
don't do it. Don't do it on my sharing space. I just want to share. I want to share because sharing is a self-expression. Self-expression is a right. And don't, you know, don't do whatever you want to do on my sharing space. So I just thought about kind of writing even a little short blog entry about it. Anyway, all this was happening in this meditation, all as the visual of a man standing at his front door and then like shouting his boundaries versus like <laughs> versus like painting a sign and putting it up and and I'm thinking about all these different ways in which this is manifested over time the the no trespassing sign and the you know this private property sign and all these things are attempts to communicate boundaries and to right. be to be vulnerable here like I've violated people's boundaries plenty in my life because I didn't know enough to respect my own. For example, like I used to be a vandal. I used to, you know, cross into people's front yards and toilet paper their house. I've even thrown eggs at the, I won't say his name, but the, the dean of students from my high school. Um, I, I did these things that were violating of people's boundaries. And I was, whatever, justified in my head about it. But now that I have my own strong sense of self and my own sense of boundaries, I'm now practicing saying, hey, I'm not asking for advice. And that seems so foreign when I'm saying it, that it, it, it stands out as something that's missing in the world. Is We should be able to say, hey, I'm not asking for advice. We should be able to say, no, thank you for that kind of feedback and have that be normal instead of it being like, well, don't be so sensitive, snowflake. Yeah. You know, I am sensitive. I'm not a snowflake, <laughs> but I'm sensitive. And when I'm sharing my authentic stuff, my revelatory stuff, I don't want you to critique it. I don't want you to give me advice. I don't want you to tell me what's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong right. with me. Right. You, sometimes so, you just want to be listened to. That's right. So anyway, that was a that was a real gift. And I probably will write this. And so far, Snaffa sounds pretty fun. So I think I'll stick with it. And it just stands for sharing, not asking for advice. <laughs> I like it. I like how it sounds. It has a hey, to me it. too. So <laughs> I think that's it for my day three. I'm still in day three and I'm still glowing from it. Um, I've got a busy day today, but I'm grateful that I took the time to really get outside and get some sun. And I, I loved hearing that you went outside for a walk in the sun today, too. Yeah, I, I plan to go back. I, I just want to be out right now. I, I enjoyed so so much my walk that I I just want to spend more time out there. I get yeah. I get so stuck in my in my house, like in my room, like my little hobbit hole. And, and I forget how beautiful it is outside. Yeah. Well, I'll take Frodo out for a couple of walks today and I'll certainly extra enjoy the sunshine. Mm-hmm. and uh let's wrap up let's uh let's let's see is there anything else you'd like to say to the fans our growing fans, fans are growing <laughs> our growing fans of five or six <laughs> i just really appreciate uh anybody interested in hearing what we have to say actually uh yeah uh i always felt that some that people will would chime in naturally when we have our conversations whether it be you know on the drives while we while we're in your car or we're at a lapidary shop or just hanging out at your place or my place um i feel like it would be a nice it would be like a big conversation like sometimes when we talk 
just privately, even though it's just the two of us, it always feels like the conversation itself has space enough for for other people to engage with. So doing this in this medium, I think, well, kind of gets it out there. And I'm I'm always curious to see what a what people want to want to share, and I'm always open for for that. So I'm looking forward to to sharing more of these experiences with you on here and see where that takes us. And yeah, and if anybody wants to reach out, I, I encourage it. That's wonderful. So you can reach out to Noel or I, uh, me through this podcast, uh, Noel through Instagram, dude, it's a Noel. Um, or you can reach out to me and ask for Noel. I can connect you or there's a, there's an opportunity for you to leave us feedback I've never asked anybody to leave a review for this podcast, but this seems right to do that right now. If you are somebody who likes to support in ways that don't cost you anything, leaving a review, sharing, those kind of things make a difference. And like you can hear it authentically for Noel and I, we would do this privately, these conversations. In fact, we've had dozens of them, Um, but this is exciting to share it with people and to know that people might be resonating. So we'd love to hear from you and no we're not asking for advice (laughs) (laughs) um but we'd love to hear what you're sharing and we won't give you advice um if there's any advice that might be coming your way it would be like hey you should join us on the podcast yeah that might be pretty that would be cool yeah all right that's our episode on the solar plexus join us in just a few days when we share our hearts